And literally, I've just come to the the understanding that I've had an encounter with a temptation that has been a lie from the enemy. It has not been from the Lord. When you think about the profound influence of the Bible on the world, the way that it has shaped our culture, whether you're a follower of Christ or not, it's probably a good idea that you know at least what it says. It's going to be about us taking and reading the Bible. All right, welcome back to the Take and Read podcast. I have with me KP, as we affectionately call him, around our the hood. What's uh, up? KP, Kurt Prater, brother, fellow believer, dad, son, husband, yeah, buddy. You get after it. You get after it. Do my best. Welcome back. How you been? I've been well. I'm so thankful to be here. Have been looking forward to this today. Yeah, Excited buddy. to see what God's going to do in our time together. Yeah. Amen. Uh, this is exciting. We've we've seen some growth in subscribers, so we got more and more people tuning in. for that. In. Yeah. Uh, th- there was a, a certain mile marker that we did achieve that uh, I got, and I don't know, it could have been like a promotional thing, like trying to get me to buy some sort of service, but I got an email probably like two months ago, and it was like, hey, do you want to le- like learn how your podcast is ranking? And through that, so I didn't subscribe to anything, but I did a little bit of research, and turns out we're trending in Hungary, we started. <laughs> well, of course, that's exactly right. So I don't know was, if there's awesome. something particular to the way we do things here, and that somehow folks in Hungary are, are tracking. Out to Hungary, but uh, excited if you're in Hungary and you're listening and tuning in, man, so glad to have you. Uh, if you are particular in like another country and you're like, hey, I want to, uh, I want my country to to trend with the Take and Read podcast. Share it. Hey, get the word out. That's right. Share it. Like it. Um, I'm learning a lot about this world from, uh, Granger who kind of informs me, mm. Granger Smith, he gives me a lot of insight and he was talking about just the algorithms that are at play that, um, the more likes, the more subscribes, the more hours and minutes listened to, there's all mm. kinds of things. So if you're listening to the podcast and there's something that you hear as we converse today, uh, just, yeah, write a comment as you're listening, um, share an emoji, something, uh, just helps other people find us. Mm-hmm. And so we, we are just gathering to read the word, but I want more and more people not to know about me or to know about you, uh, but I want them to read the Word of God. Hey Amen. There's so, something beautiful about this podcast, just taking and reading God's Word. We it. believe in the Word of the Lord. We believe in us being able to have access to it. Amen. So share it. Amen. Uh, so, yes, thank you for joining us, and uh, however you are hearing us or seeing us. Uh, so, KP, since we last hung out, um, curious to know, And I've been thinking about, what am I going to ask you? You've been on the podcast a few times, and sometimes I ask, you know, new podcast guests, what's their relationship like with the Word? What's their time look like? And then sometimes I'll ask, what's the Lord been teaching you recently? And so I've got a multi-stage question. Watch out. So my question is, to begin, what... 
what kind of challenges have been swirling around in your world right now that you, either you personally are wrestling through or what are some of the things that are affecting you? Mm. And how do you interact with those and the word? Mm. Does that make sense? You and bet. I don't have anything like, I mean, we do life together, so yeah. it's not like I see something. I'm like, I'm going to see if he says this. <laughs> like, I'd, which I'd be com- perfectly comfortable with. <laughs> but so I have nothing to call you out on. That's not what yeah. I'm, I'm saying. But I, I think that's helpful to process. And I learn from it, like as I see other brothers that are wrestling through some challenges in their world, and then how does the Word of God mm. play into that? storm, if you will. That's, I'm really thankful. That's a refreshing question. Um, I've been able to talk this out a little bit because I've, I've experienced something recently that actually is not unique to the last several weeks. It kind of ebbs and flows. So I'll make this statement. Here's one of the challenges I've had. I've had thoughts in my mind processing my effectiveness in Hmm. life as a husband, as a father, as a worship pastor, and what I've what I've now deduced in through talking out loud, through mm-hmm. petitioning, crying out to the Lord, through recalling God's word, is I have discovered that I have actually had a lot of lies from the enemy hmm. that have been chipping away at, hey, what about this that you're not doing? Oh, how are you doing in this circle? And it has been putting in question my effectiveness in ministry and in life. And literally, I've just come to the, the understanding that I've had an encounter with a temptation that has been a lie from the enemy. It has not been from the Lord. Um, because the way the Lord brings about uh, conviction and work in my life and as a result of refinement or sanctification is the work of the Holy Spirit through God's word. Mm-hmm. But the way that these thoughts have been entering into my mind, it's just bringing into question and bringing doubt and shame and guilt into my life. And so by God's grace, through conversation, prayer, God's word, all those things have kind of set me free. Like, oh man, I've identified that. Those are lies. I need to be mm-hmm. done with those. Yeah, and I think you you make a good point that we're, there are going to be voices. Sometimes it's you know it's the enemy whispering lies to us. Sometimes it's our flesh wanting mm-hmm. certain things and being tempted to find satisfaction or uh, contentment elsewhere. Sometimes it's the the system of the world we live in. Right, we live in a broken world, and so. There's a lot of priorities around us that maybe aren't God's priorities, but are just so culturally acceptable. We yeah. go, man. And so the, all these voices, but you used a certain word that I think is important, and that's the word conviction. Hmm. And somebody told me a long time ago, I don't remember, it was probably a mentor or uh, somebody who was further along in their walk, and they said, there's a difference. The voice of the Spirit is one of conviction. Yes, all other voices are of condemnation. Mm. So this God wants to convict us yeah. of truth so that we 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 step into an area of life and faithfulness and fruitfulness. All the other voices want to just condemn you and tell you how you don't measure up mm. and how you're I not enough. That. Yeah. And so it sounds like that's kind yeah. of the the way that the 
the voice, right, of the Lord versus the other voices. Yeah. That's a good word. That's a good word. Thanks for asking. Yeah, if I were to answer my own question, I've been in a season of just having to make decisions. And decisions, uh, you know, that that affect my family, um, just about, you know, future, like things that I have to decide. And it, I always get into this, I get locked into trying to over-speculate what I think if I take, if I make this decision or I go down this path, this is likely what will happen. And so then I start to un- unknowingly, tr- like I'm predicting outcomes if I make these decisions, and then I compare those fake outcomes that I have no clue if that's actually going to happen, and I start comparing, well, is this a better outcome or is this a better outcome? And rather than just being patient, waiting on the Lord, waiting for it. Because I can't tell the future. I can't predict it. I'd love to. But I'm in a season where, man, I just have to to just be patient and wait for the Lord to play things out hmm. in his timing. Rather than playing the game of what if, what if, and then all these what if scenarios, trying to compare which one I like better or somehow would be better. Because I... None of those are real outcomes. Mm. I've just made them up in my head. So I'm in a place where I have to stop trying to predict the future and just wait on the Lord. Has there been any piece of scripture that's come to your mind during the season? Uh, it's not so much uh, a snippet of scripture, but yeah. there are some accounts in the scriptures. I've actually been hanging out in Job. And as I've watched Job in his situation— and his friends trying to tell him why he's in the situation that he's in, and he's trying to defend himself. And we, I haven't gotten to the place where then now the Lord tells himself <laughs> to gird himself like a man and listen up. Like <laughs> I haven't gotten to awesome. that part. Yeah. But I've just been standing back and watching that. And I've also looked at other characters in the Bible like Paul and the way that he walked with the Lord. And... Yeah, there's there's a lot of ways that we can speculate why something happened in the past, and we sp- spend a lot of time speculating about how things are going to turn out. But we really, in this life, don't always know why that happened back then, or what's about to happen up there. We're just present mm. every day with the Lord, and He gives the daily manna, right, the bread from heaven that is Christ. He gives us the portion we need for today. Mm. We don't stress about yesterday or tomorrow. We just live right now. And so I think those examples have been looming for me that I'm just, I'm good right now. I can't, I can't predict and I don't have to lament the past. Yeah. That's a sweet spot to be. Yeah, buddy. All right. Well, we today, we're still in the gospel of Mark since the last time you've been here. Yes. I mean, we haven't made a lot of progress. <laughs> we're going taking our sweet time, sweet time. Uh, so we're in the gospel of Mark and we're actually going to land the plane on chapter four today. Okay. We, uh, last several episodes, we've been hanging out in the parables and looking at that. And you were a part of that jumping into the parables with me. Right on. Uh, and so we emerge out of the parables now and we're going to continue kind of tracking with Jesus's life and ministry. Um, if there's a few things that in our time together that you think would be helpful for us to keep in mind, what would those be as we approach Mark? Anything about the context of Mark 
or some kind of key things that have stuck out throughout our time together? Anything that you think would be helpful to keep in mind? I'm kind of putting you on the spot. Yeah. Um, so I, the word that immediately comes to mind is is Christ's authority, Jesus' authority. I feel like we have, that's been something that's yeah. been carried through at least my part of the conversation, that it just keeps standing out, which is really cool for me to see that I hadn't seen previously in Mark. Yeah. I wouldn't, I don't have anything to add. No, I think that's good. I always come back to the very beginning, first couple of verses in Mark where, that first verse where Mark is telling us this is the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, and that that sentence right there then is the only time Mark gives us his personal opinion about Jesus. The Mm. rest of the gospel is the support for why he has concluded that right at the front end. This is the good news of Jesus the Christ, the Messiah, who is the Son of God. Bam, and then everything happens. And then, to your point, Mark chapter 1, verse 14, uh, it starts out, it's talking about, you know, John the Baptist a little bit, but then it talks about Jesus begins to preach the gospel, this good news, saying the kingdom of God is at hand, repent and believe. And it's all about the kingship of Jesus. Hmm. And with kingship comes authority. And so he's been demonstrating his authority over the demonic. Yeah. Uh, over human cells and healing. And um, and so, yeah, I think authority is a, a, a big player in this. So I think we're actually going to see that today a little bit more. What verse are we in? We're going to be in verse 35. So we are okay. in Mark chapter 4, verses 35 through the end, which takes us through verse 41. Sweet. So here we go. Let's jump in. On that day when evening came... Jesus said to his disciples, let's go across to the other side of the lake. So after leaving the crowd, they took him, Jesus, along, just as he was in the boat, and other boats were with him. Now a great windstorm developed, and the waves were breaking into the boat so that the boat was nearly swamped. But he was in the stern. He, Jesus, was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. They woke him up and said to him, Teacher, don't you care that we're about to die? So he got up and he rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Be quiet, calm down. Then the wind stopped and it was dead calm. And he said to them, Why are you cowardly? Do you still not have faith? They were overwhelmed by fear and said to one another, who then is this? Even the wind and sea obey him. <laughs> That's going to be so good again. Oof. Oof. Yeah, there's there's some things going on. So in the, the first kind of approach, we want to wrestle with what is what does this say? That's going to cause us to wrestle with some context, like where is this happening? When is this happening? There's some things kind of playing out in this scene. Uh, so, yeah, what are some things that we need to kind of wrestle with just to get clarity on if we were to set the scene? All right, so we've left dry ground, and we're now o- o- mm-hmm. over open water. Yeah. He's got his disciples. Um, I mean, a question would be maybe how many, but we know that— we have a boat and other boats. Yeah. 
So however many can fit in that. Which these are small boats. Uh, you're, you're on the Sea of Galilee. Yeah. You're mainly fishing boats, so they're not huge sailing vessels. Hmm. Um, he's coming off of the dry ground, coming from a period of teaching. Yeah. He's been teaching in parables and explaining things, uh, parables in public, and then explaining to disciples kind of in private. But he's been uh, teaching, and so he kind of leaves that that venue. And, and the time of day is evening. Right. Yeah, on that day, when evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let's go across to the other side. Uh, and so, yeah, they, they get into the boat, and they're going to go to the other side. And he's apparently like, hey, I need to catch some Z's because <laughs> yeah. it's been a long day of teaching. He's out. Yeah, he's out. He's exhausted. Yeah, buddy. And then a windstorm. Okay, so I'm just trying to picture small boat. Yeah. I've got a company of people. Yeah. And a windstorm's coming up. We know at least some of the closest disciples are very comfortable with water. Yeah, because they're fishermen. Right. Born and raised. Yeah. It's the family business. They've been fishermen. They've been on that sea who knows how many times for how many years. So they're familiar with the conditions. They've probably been in those storms before. Uh, And yet they're in a place of, I would say, relative comfort, right? They're comfortable on the water. And yet this is a storm that's causing them to be extremely scared and for maybe their life. maybe you have a little bit of light maybe not it could be a little moonlight depending on the time of this windstorm and the waves are now cresting over the sides of the boat so we know that it's swelling pretty significantly and they're taking on water they're taking it, it says, on i think this specifically says it was nearly swamped <laughs> i've not spent a lot of time in a boat but that sounds horrible that to me that sounds like a bad deal yeah yes and i would have been scared a lot Sooner. So, uh, growing up, um, we had a, a family cabin on a lake. And I remember uh, one time we had an old paddle boat. It was this huge, um, not like the smaller paddle boats where, yeah. you know, you kind of pedal like a yeah, bike. Like a four by yeah, four. Yeah, and there's or like, like, yeah, um, like two people in there with yeah. pedals and it's like plastic. <laughs> yeah. This was like a huge, like fiberglass paddle boat and it was really big and heavy and we were going up there in the summer uh, it was about 30 minutes from our house so we we were driving up and <laughs> we drive up and it was our only boat for a while we didn't have like a motorboat or a rowboat or anything and so we had this paddle boat and so that was where I like to play as a kid I'd paddle out to the lake you know middle of the lake and jump in the bay and and uh, we pull up and we see that the neighbors our, our neighbors in the, the neighboring cabin uh, it was a, some high school boys, and they the paddle boat was submerged oh. underwater on the shore right by our dock, <laughs> and they're bailing water out. They've got buckets, and they're bailing water out, and man, my my mom was pretty upset. So she gets mm. down there, and she's asking them, like, what, what are you doing? What mm. happened? And in their mind, it made perfect sense. They were they had borrowed their our paddle boat, which we let them do, and so that was no biggie. But they had taken it out to the middle of the lake, and they were fishing. 
They're casting their lines out and they're pulling in fish and they wanted to keep them, but they didn't have a bucket or anything to put the fish in. So they're like, we got to put them in the boat. But we don't want these fish to die and just start being smelly. So we've got to put water in the boat. So they became the bucket. Like they're in the bu- in the middle of the, the lake and they're intentionally swamping their boat. Yes. So when, oh, when, man. That's so the picture that that's comes That's the picture I have that they're oh. swamped. The boat is filling <laughs> with so water. Great. And it, so it's getting lower and lower because the buoyancy is being affected. So did you guys have the response that... Th- we see here. I think they were terrified and figuring out we've got to paddle close to shore because this thing's going under. And I think they got it close enough to shore so that it was uh, under but not sunk. And it hit the bottom and they were able to bail it out. Anyway, so that's, love it. Yeah, that's, that's a an great interesting memory. descriptor swamped. It was yeah. nearly swamped, meaning it was almost nearly submerged, I guess. And then you have like, like a serene scene. Here's Jesus. The, the the violins are playing in the background. He is chilling in the back of the boat. He's got his head propped on a pillow, and he is asleep. He's sleeping on a cushion. And they woke him up, and they're freaking out. Their first response is, don't you care that we are about to die? And they're probably referencing everybody, because anybody in the boat's about yeah. to be. Because it's not just like, well, the boat goes down and you tread water. There's a storm happening with yeah. giant waves and whipping around. And so the idea that you're just going to kind of float out there, and we don't know if they can swim or not, but they're terrified for their life. Mm. And he gets up like it's not a thing. Like he's like, all right, stands up, commands yeah, the wind, stop, stops. Tells the sea, stop it. It comes. So he speaks to the two elements. And he tells them to be quiet, calm down. The wind stopped and it was dead calm. So then it's like glass out there. And the boat's still swamped or nearly swamped. Yeah. And he says to them, why are you such cowards? Uh, Yeah. This is a teachable moment, right? Right. So thinking about the role of being a dad, those teachable moments can pop up at any time. Yeah. And it's my joy and Carrie's joy to cap and to say, all right, pause, time out. Here's what you needed to learn. Well, Jesus, a little teachable moment here, disciples. Here's what you needed to learn. Because he is... We've known up to this point, his teaching is recognized as he teaches as one who has authority. He is, at this point, he has cast out demons and they've recognized his authority. He's healed people. Uh, You know, you you just kind of skim back through all that's happened. He has been teaching crowds and he's even called the apostles particular messengers to to empower them to go and be messengers of this good news of the kingdom of god and but yet they're not at a point where their default is to trust yes who he is yes so 
not that they're not fully convinced, but they're not at a place where their default is to just trust that he's he is who he says he is and that he has complete and absolute authority. And that's even seen right at the tail end. Yeah. They are overwhelmed with fear and have the response of, who is this? Who is this guy? What? What just happened? Because there's probably been really good teachers before. There's probably been wise men that have taught in very articulate ways and clever ways. And there may have even been people that could cast the demonic or even appear to do that. And so who knows, but this is different. Mm. This is like only God determines the weather. Yeah. He, that's no trick. There's wind. They've been on that sea before and they've probably prayed and asked to be delivered from some crazy storms and who knows what they've survived. But like the the other things, man, guys can be winsome and smart and teach well. And maybe there's this idea of ointments or anointing with oil. There's times in which people recover from sicknesses. But who can just speak and the, the winds stop and then the seas are calm and Great. they all cool. Yeah. That's other that's another level, mm-hmm. right? I love that you you keep bringing using the word teachers. Teach you, teacher, yeah. because of the way that Jesus is addressed in this little scene. So appropriate. And what they've experienced before, and now what Jesus is, how he is establishing himself right here. Yeah, I think one of the questions I have is, did, all, did he do that all on purpose? Like, was did he know, <laughs> all right, we're going to get great, it. It's yeah. going to be a crazy storm. Uh-huh. I'm going to go, I'm going to go snooze. But I know what's, I'm going to get woke <laughs> yeah. up. Like, that's one of those when I get, get to heaven, I'm going to be like, all right, tell me about the, the storm. <laughs> did you cause the storm? Did you make it yes. so you could stop it? Well, if the way, and part of me is like, okay, if the waves are coming over the sides, you know, homeboy's getting slapped in the face <laughs> with water too. How can he sleep through that? Yes. So it does yes. make me chuckle when I ask the question too. Yeah. So I'm glad that you said that. <laughs> For sure. So, um, yeah, so we we can we kind of understand what it says here. Yeah. Now we we get into this area of all right, so what does this mean? Mm. And and I think and I've said this on a couple of episodes recently. I think it's important that when we approach kind of a historical moment in the Bible or a time when Jesus is teaching. And so I like you. I think he's te- this is a teachable moment, yeah. and he is clearly teaching them. And so, what what is the meaning for them in that moment? And then I think we start to wrestle with that final question of, okay, if that's what it means for them, how do we experience that meaning now? Which is what makes it significant for us. Yeah. Right. So, what's happening for them? What what new knowledge, what understanding is he trying to get them to wrestle with? Well, I'll bring it back to what you you said about previous teachers, the authority, even the, the ways that they would have demonstrated um, their abilities before are not like what we see in Jesus. So they're, they're going to see this demonstrated and lived out in a way 
that even leaves them speechless and overwhelmed. Like they're not immediately filled with peace. Right. They are not calm right there and still asking, what is going on and who is this man? But Jesus has made a very clear statement to you disciples in these boats. Here is a little taste of my power. I speak, everything calms. Mm -hmm. So I, I think that his role and who he is, it, it is, is coming to the surface. Yeah. And it's interesting that he says two things to them in verse 40. Why are you cowardly? Do you still not have faith? That there is something about their response of cowardice, and we could even say they're afraid, and that that is immediately understood for what it is, and that is a lack of faith. Mm. Right, and I think in in this you know in this scenario they're afraid for their life. That's what they articulate. They're like, "Aren't you care? Don't you care? We're about to die." Here? Yeah. So they're afraid about their temporal kind of physical situation at the moment that they may not live to see the other side of the the sea, which is their destination. And so there's a question there of, and maybe not intentionally doubting his ability to provide life for them or protect them, but they it's not that it's not an assumption they have. They don't just assume he's got them. They assume that they're in danger and he's also in danger. And maybe that's why they woke him up. Maybe they're like, hey, we need to get Jesus up so he can deal with this. We don't know. But he identifies their fear is directly related to a lack of faith. Mm. A lack of trust and confidence in who he is and what he can do. Yeah. And then in response to maybe those questions as well as what he did, they're like, fear still plays a factor, but a different kind of fear. Now it's not a fear of the storm. It's not a fear of the elements. It's a fear. And what we would say is a right, right placed fear in who's in the boat with them. Yeah. And that's, that's a game changer. Yeah. Cause now they're like, Oh, okay. We've never seen this before. Who is this? Yeah. Can it be? Who's this guy that even the wind and the sea obey him? Cause that's another level. Mm. Whew. So how do we it. encounter this truth? How is that, how are those elements of our cowardice? I think that's the where, where I wrestle, right? When I come to a passage like this, I'm going to start to take inventory of what are the areas in my life that I, my response is cowardice or fear or anxiety mm -hmm. and not God has this. And that maybe this circumstance or this experience I'm having Maybe this is God's best for me, but do I believe that he's, he's in this for my good and that he's got me regardless of what I'm experiencing right now? So, yeah, I don't know. How do you wrestle with this idea of the cowardly call out and the not having faith, then this realization of, okay, who's in the boat with me? Okay, so I, I – even know the rest of the story, right? So I'm now a New Testament believer in 2022. Right. I've got the full picture, uh, Christ's death, resurrection, even the, yes. So I find myself in moments where the waves are coming 
over the over the sides of my boat, and I'm looking around in fear and anxiety. So I am no different than these disciples, and yet I know God's power and authority. Mm-hmm. So I am reminded even in this moment of who Jesus is, and in a very tangible way, he speaks to a wind and the rain and the waves and the sea and says, be still. And and it is said of me, oh, Kurt, why do you not trust me? So I'm even just thinking about how I started off this podcast. Mm-hmm. So that, oh, let's use the word condemnation, that was coming at me. And then Christ is there saying, this is who you are in me. You have the same power that I demonstrated. This is who you are, Kurt. And I have an opportunity to wrestle with the waves Mm -hmm. and the wind. I think you kind of said things that are happening in life. Um, But I have the opportunity to surrender to this Christ who has this power. Yeah. And I think, uh, like, in this cultural moment, when we're recording this podcast, we're in the in a season right now where there's an invasion in Eastern Europe yeah. that's occurring to um, brothers and sisters that we know. Yvonne, who's been on this podcast, yeah. talked about Russian aggression. Mm-hmm. He talked about what might happen, and now it's happening. And I can imagine people there as well as here because there's talk about what happens if this escalates Mm -hmm. and we're wrestling with what are the repercussions this storm is building yes and we're asking questions like what if the waves start coming over the boat Mm -hmm. and what a what a very timely reminder of we got to remember who's in the boat with us that's right we, we're not in this boat by ourselves. We That's don't right. have the responsibility to bail out the water on ourselves. He's in the boat with us. And I got to say that that's in the physical war. Like yes. the, the war and the supernatural, the spiritual warfare yeah. that's taking place. He's, he's in both those realms Yeah, and is supreme. And the scripture tells us that our, our warfare is not against flesh and blood. Yes but it's against the powers, the principalities, the, the forces of darkness of this present age. That's right. Or this present darkness. And so, yeah, there's a battle, but it belongs to the Lord. Amen. We don't trust in chariots or swords or horses. We trust in the God of the universe hmm. who ultimately tells Job, gird yourself like a man and see if you can put up with my question, right? <laughs> Yeah, so we serve a powerful God, Mm. and we're loved by a powerful God. And so whatever whatever is swirling around in our life, he's in the boat. Yeah. And he is to be trusted. Yes. So our response ought to be one of, yes, a right and well-placed fear of him. And that's not like being afraid of him. That's a respect. Yes that he is, he's got it, and we have faith in the fact that we're on his team. And so we're, we're on the winning side. Yeah, final thoughts. I think what you said, that is a great conclusion. Amen, amen. I want to encourage, if you're listening to the podcast right now, 
and there are things going on in your world and that you're wrestling with, I want to encourage you that uh, what Kurt and I do when we read the, the scriptures and we believe this to be 100% true, mm-hmm. that uh, the God of the Bible, the Christ that is described by Mark in this gospel, we believe to be the one true God, that Jesus Christ is in fact the one who can command the wind and the sea just as much then and today, Amen. that he is just as powerful and he is present with us because he sent his spirit to dwell within us. So bear in mind, whatever you're going through, Jesus is with you. All you have to do is cry out to him and ask him to be there with you. Um, we believe that, you know, we don't start in this world on the right foot. We start in a broken condition. We start uh, on very weak ground. We are fallen and broken creatures from the get-go. But God did not resolve to leave it that way, and so he sent his one and only son to die on the cross for our sin, to rise and conquer death in the grave, and that he grants us that new life in him and through his blood. And so if you are at a place where you you are aware of those things but have never trusted in Christ, I encourage you right now, right now, bow your head and just say, Lord, I'm yours. I'm 100% yours. Do with my life whatever you want, but I believe you're in the boat with me and I trust you completely. I encourage you to do that now. If you are a believer and you've been walking with the Lord for quite some time, as Kurt and I have described, that that doesn't mean that you're not going to wrestle with with fear or doubt or cowardice, as mm-hmm. described in this text, but that we're constantly in a place where there are going to be circumstances swirling about that our knee-jerk and fleshly and old-school reaction is going to be to go back to those old patterns of believing in those voices and what they say, doubting ourselves, uh, and believing lies. And so we still need to be reminded he's in the boat and what he has said about us is actually what's true. And that settles the matter, but we need to be reminded. So we constantly need to be taking and reading his word because that's the voice that matters. No other voice because he will convict and he will show us some things, but it'll also inform and he'll fill our hearts with his love and the knowledge of his love, and truth, and goodness, and beauty. But the enemy, he just wants to condemn, so don't listen to him. So, tune your ear to the voice of the Lord through his word by taking and reading. Thank you so much for joining us. If you have questions or comments, you can either leave them in the comment section. Uh, Please subscribe, please like, but send your questions to takeandreadpodcast at gmail.com. Love to have you interact. I'm still getting to questions that I have. I think I've got a log of about 30 I've got to get to. So don't worry, I'm, I'm coming. I'm going to respond to your, your emails. Also, if you want to support this podcast, you see this cool hat I have, uh, you can go to 22beans.com. This, uh, this hat is going to be available, so please uh, appreciate your support and please continue to support and grab one of these hats. Kurt Prater, thanks for being with me. Always love it. Thank you. Absolutely. And uh, encourage you guys, take and read the Bible.